You're listening to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, sponsored by Franklin Professional Associates, excellence in staffing and recruiting, and supported by regional leaders like Bemis Associates. Let's make amazing. Hello and welcome to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon and Kat Deal. We're in our chamber library today. And Kat, who is our guest? Well, today we're very lucky because we are doing a sponsor spotlight. We want to welcome Melissa Glennie, the president and CEO of Franklin Professional Associates, located on Main Street in Lemonster. But Melissa is here joining us in the library today in the chamber. Thank you so much for joining us here. Kat, Travis, thank you so much. It's great to be back with you, too. Much nicer on a snowy day to be here. No, just <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're happy to have you here. And thank you so much for sponsoring the podcast. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're really happy to be able to sponsor. I, I love what you guys are doing. So that's great. Well, well, thank you so much. We have a fan in the house. <laughs> <laughs> so as we enter 2024, it's, it's a time for, I think, of a lot of new new beginnings. Sometimes people are thinking of stuff with their home life. Sometimes a lot of times people are thinking of stuff with their professional life. Do I want to keep on the path that I'm going? Do I want to start a new career? And for other folks that are on the hiring side, it's do we want to go in a new direction with somebody maybe? Do we want to start something new? And I was wondering if you could start off talking about you know the new trends that you see in the workforce and job availability as we enter the new year. Yeah. So, you know, I think, you know, we can at this point, finally say, you know, the, the COVID situation is more or less in our rear view mirror. Yeah. Um, but, the, but the residual effect, I think, of that is still lingering with individuals um, as they've reevaluated their lives and what's important to them. And, and we certainly are seeing that fleshing out in the job market. Mm-hmm. So what I encourage employers to do, you know, as they're thinking about competing for talent, which it is, it is a little easier than it was there, certainly for, you know, a good two years mm-hmm. or so. Um, it's, it seems like it's lightening up a little bit is to think about currency beyond the dollar when it comes to attracting candidates. Um, flexibility is is still a really big one, and that ties into what, you know, we're seeing a lot of people, if you can offer remote opportunities, you know, that's, that's one thing that's re- still really big. Um, right now, in fact, I saw a study, I think, that the American Staffing Association did recently, and in surveying individuals, they found that 90% said that they would leave their job for a similar job that paid more money. Um, but even still, um, 80% or so said that they would leave a job uh, for a similar job that paid the same amount of money that offered flexibility. Yeah. So that's really big. And then um, the third thing is is mental health. That's a, a really big thing for people even still. You know, and, and kind of, again, going back to everything that we've gone through in the in the last several years um, you know, that's that's still lingering in many people's minds, and it's important. So a study just came out. I actually just saw the results of it this morning, saying that two things were on the minds of employees looking for jobs. One was flexibility, like you're saying. Three out of five jobs are still experiencing the ability to be a hybrid or fully remote. Mm-hmm. But the other was the rise of chat, GTP, and AI, and how that is taking on different roles and how employees are worried about their position and how that's going to change that. Are you looking at that? I mean, how does that, how are employees saying, I would assume that in some some companies like, well, we can let ChatGTP do this job or and have someone just monitor it. 
or maybe AI can take over some stuff. How is that playing out in the in the workforce right now? That's interesting. I'll kind of like just bring that right home to, you know, we've had this discussion in, in circles among recruiters um, within the industry associations. And I think it applies more broadly, but the consensus is, is at this point that, you know, is, is AI and ChatGPT, are these things going to replace mm-hmm. recruiters? And the, the answer at this stage, from what we can tell, is that Recruiters who are not using ChatGPT and AI will be replaced by recruiters who are using those. So we still see this as being a tool for humans, um, but we don't see that it's necessarily replacing mm-hmm. um, a, a majority of jobs at this point or enough to make re- really make a dent. Um, you know, I'm I do see less call center, less kind of the, of that very basic entry level right. kind of thing, which obviously you know the chatbots are you know, filling those those roles. So we're see, seeing some shifting, but it doesn't seem like it's making a huge dent in the overall numbers of jobs. So I think from a candidate perspective, really keeping a pulse or staying aware of what skills are in demand mm-hmm. and, you know, navigating around that. Um, but, uh, you know, there's still more jobs than there are available candidates. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, uh, we ex- expect that to continue for still some time. Well, one of the other things too, I think about is the, still the need for like that human aspect, as you mentioned, you know, in the recruiting field, being able to utilize it as a tool, but at the end of the day, you can make judgment calls and kind of get a better read on individuals than a computer is going to at the end of the day. You mm-hmm. know, they don't have that human aspect with that kind of intuition, I guess, that you get when you interview people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we're using um, chat GPT in some interesting ways. And one way is in um, helping us to refine our presentations of candidates when we're sending them to employers. Oh. Um, so, you know, of course I do testing cause I'm a geek. And so I, I've told chat GPT to um, present this candidate to this job who clearly <laughs> to a human does not fit at all. Chat GPT doesn't pick up on that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it does a great job of doing what I've asked it to do, mm-hmm. but it doesn't understand that it shouldn't be done. <laughs> <laughs> So it's not actually thinking about that. Yeah, right, right. So we've got a, a little while longer before the robots take over. I, I think so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. <laughs> so as people are starting to look for jobs though, and, and say they hit, they've been in the job for a while, what are some things that they should do to prepare uh, for whether they're coming to see you or going directly to an employer? Like mm. I resumes, you know, everybody knows you got to have a really good resume. And right now ChatGTP can make your resume magical. Like there's so many programs, but what are the other things that people should be preparing for? Um, well, I guess this is just my personality speaking. I, I would say soul searching would be number one and really start from a place of authenticity and don't just look at the, you know, most in demand job listings and say, okay, great. I'm going to go for that one because it pays well and it's in demand. Um, so that's, I always say, start from a very fundamental place. Um, talking with a recruiter or two, you know, really getting to know, um, somebody who's going to be on your side and, and advocate mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of times uh, they may or may not even help you find a position in the, in the end. You know, we, we don't help every single person that we talk to by far, but they can ask you questions that really provoke some thoughts and, and really, you know, help you to just gain some perspective before you even start the search. Um, so that's first and foremost. And then um, I'm a big planner. So, you know, I always say, you know, make your plan and then work your plan. So if you're really serious in a, in a job search, um, I, I one thing that my one of my biggest pet peeves is when I hear people say, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's like, just just 
start small, make a commitment to applying for one one job a week. Just take action. Mm-hmm. Um, so having a plan and then working on that, um, you know, with with some guidance from some professionals. Um, so those those are some of my biggest um, broad pieces of of advice because from there, then you get into the weeds and it's very individual. So. Which is great to hear that it is individual. There's not just one plan for everybody. But I love that you're, they love that, you know, everybody's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Just do it. One a week. Just mm-hmm. apply to something once a week. I love that. It's start small and 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 make progress on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah. There's a book called Tiny Habits with, that I love. I don't know if I It's a great could, book. Isn't it good? It is. Yeah, yeah. So like... Just starting with like five squats while I wait for the coffee to brew in the morning. You know, it's like it doesn't have to be a whole new gym wardrobe and a whole sneakers and just stop it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. There's actually a, a mom on TikTok right now who every time one of her children, she has three children, every time one of them says, mom, she does a squat or she does a plank or she yeah. does a sit up. And it's just those small things. And making small habits towards another, a new career is a, is something that I think you're right. A lot of people did think about and talked about and and tried to pursue during the pandemic. And and now we're all on the other side of that. And a lot of people still have that, you know, desire. And I think one of the other things, you know, I had a conversation with a friend who took a new job recently and he was looking for a while. And it was one of those things where he was like, I don't know if it's what I want to do. And I said, well, why don't you just take it while you find something else? And do you think people hesitate sometimes because they're always on the lookout for that perfect job and they don't realize that it's okay to say to, yes to another opportunity in the meantime, or to try something they weren't necessarily looking at? I think that what you're saying is absolutely correct. And from both um, the employer and employee perspectives, um, and I'm not suggesting companies should be just hiring willy-nilly yeah. without you know, giving um, appropriate thought to their decisions. But we have seen, I, I, if I had a dime for every time I heard someone say, I should have just given it a shot, or you know, clients who have said, can you just go back to that candidate we interviewed six months ago and we wanted to see more people? And mm-hmm. now we see like, we should have probably moved forward. Can you see what they're doing now? Um, so, you know, I tell those stories when we're talking with clients just to encourage them to, um, it's just not the time to wait and kind of vacillate. Mm-hmm. Um, we, you need to be, um, as long as you're, as long as you're staying cohesive with the plan that you've laid out and it's a reasonable decision, then, you know, I, I say, don't, don't be willy nilly. <laughs> so take the opportunity you know, maybe it's, it could be a good fit down the road. And I, when I was hiring um, at a previous job and I would hire brand new staff every year and train them because it was a seasonal position. One of the things we always said was we cannot hire personality. We can, we can, we can train them to do anything. Mm-hmm. And I think that, some companies, um, I also have a friend that took a new job recently and they got in there and they were like, this is not the job for me. And they went and spoke to the employer and the employer said, well, what is the job for you? And then found that there was actually an opening in a position that wasn't titled like it would have been a right fit, but it actually was a position that she now is in and absolutely adores for the same company. Mm-hmm. I think there is a lot to say, get your foot in there, get your foot in the door, take that chance. Cause you don't know where it could lead. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I I'd say just approach things like stepping stones. Um, and in today's market, it's not the market of 20 years ago, where if you had three jobs on your resume in five years, you're going to be shunned and like, what's wrong with this person? Yeah. You know, we, we, we get it. Like that's a, it's a different kind of gig economy that we're in now. So there's it, generally, there's no harm in stepping out and you learn something about yourself. You learn something certainly about other 
companies and industries and whatnot. Um, and you just build upon that. So I, I say, don't be afraid. I like that. So now when someone does enter that interview process and you've done the presentation for them, now there you enter the negotiation period. Mm. Is it all about money or is it sometimes about those benefits that are beyond the dollar that you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation? Yeah, certainly it goes beyond money. Um, and, you know, I would say that a successful negotiation phase in the um, hiring process is really defined by the first interaction. Um, and at least from from our vantage point, being the middle middle person, um, we, we address those things and it's easier as a recruiter. I understand if it's a direct hiring manager or if it's direct with the company, it's a little bit more delicate to, you know, sit down in the first 10 minutes of an interview and say, okay, let's flesh out these, you know, yeah. these, these, um, um, housekeeping items. So, um, but I guess that's maybe one of the benefits of working with, a, um, like you can think of a real estate agent, right? You know, if it's a little different than walking up and knocking on somebody's door and saying, I want to buy your house and working it out <laughs> together. Um, so that's where, you know, we come in. And so we know right up front um, what the candidates are willing to accept and what, you know, what's important to them. And it's money is usually one of the top three, but it's very rarely number one, to be honest. So, you know, so we have that kind of inside scoop and we're pulling it together through the whole process. So when we get to the end and like, both the employer and employee want each other. It's like, great. Okay. Well, everything is already basically zipped up and now, now just fasten the top button. Mm -hmm. That's it. And so when you're going into those negotiations, if you're, let's say you're an employee and you're, you're super excited, you really want this job, but there, there's just something that's not being met is what side should give? Should the employers give? Should the employees give? At what point should the employees say, the job is more worth it than this one thing, or this one thing is so important that I'm going to walk away? Like, mm -hmm. should you go back to the negotiating table? Should you, or should you say that this is where we're just going to cut ties? It's just not going to work. Yeah, that's so um, situational, I think, yeah. you know, and, and um, so we, we have a, a saying in our business, you know, when we debrief after every single interview with both the candidate and the client. And so the question has popped up, you know, in my 20 years of who do you debrief with first? And the answer is the person, the, the one who wants it most. Mm, um, so, interesting. so that I guess I would kind of lean on that philosophy to answer your question is, you know, the one who's kind of burning for it the most would probably be the one to, I would suggest, concede a bit more. Mm -hmm. um, and for whatever their reasons are, again, you know, it's it's people coming together with people and it's just, there's never any simple, clean cut answer. <laughs> so I'm sorry. <laughs> and don't you just wish there was, I mean, it would be great. We're going to take a quick break, but we'll be back here on the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Do you have the right high quality employees to successfully compete and grow your business? Franklin Professional Associates team of recruiters in Lemonster is here to help you hire the best so you can be your best. Visit franklinprofessionals.com today. Welcome back to the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast. Travis Condon, Cat Deal. We're in the Chamber Library today talking with our podcast sponsor, Franklin Professional Associates. You can find them in Main Street in Lemonster. Joining us today is Melissa Glennie, their president and CEO. You've been talking a lot about, you know, a recruiter is someone that can really be on your side. Can you tell our audience a little bit about what Franklin Professionals does provide and in recruiting in general, what 
that type of service can give you as an employee and as an employer? Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, so we work, I'll just start from very, very kind of basic. Um, we work with organizations to help them identify talent, um, so, you know, succession planning. Um, so typically we're, with our clients that we work with regularly, we know six to sometimes 12 months in advance of what their hiring needs are going to look like. So oh. Um, so we're aware of opportunities that are coming down the pike that, you know, no one is going to find out on a job board posted somewhere. It's probably not even ever going to get posted. Um, so that's one of the benefits to candidates. The other benefit to candidates that you alluded to, Kat, is that, you know, we're we're basically a, a guide or um, an advisor to, to walk them through the process and facilitate the process. Um, that's the other benefit. To, that's a, a dual benefit to the employer. Um, and it's one of those things that I, a lot of, um, I think in our marketplace, it's probably one of the most misunderstood things is um, people think, oh, you're a staffing agency or a recruiting agency. You find people to fit into jobs. The facilitation of the whole process is really the meat of what we do. Um, and we do it, you know, it's a, it's a lot of psych- human psychology. It's a lot of just knowing inst- instinct. Mm-hmm. Instinct is one of the key things that I look for when I'm hiring for my team is having really strong instincts and just finessing situations. You know, we, we love people and we love studying them, bringing them together. So, um, so that's a big piece of it. Uh, and so, you know, we're kind of the acting as an advisor to the employer and the employee. We, we just have so much information. And so Mm -hmm. with all of that information, we can kind of see this big picture that it's hard to see when you're, one party or the other absolutely, party. Absolutely. It would be, you know, when you're on the inside of it, it's nice to have an outside view from someone who can say, you know, this is what, you know, because I, you're not in the interviews, you're not in the actual meetings with everybody. Is that correct? Generally, so no. Yeah. So you're yeah. coaching on the outside. So it's nice to have someone in your, you know, in the background on either side, employer, employee side to say, you know, to just to give that advice that could be required. To, that someone isn't hearing, mm-hmm. you know, and you have how many years experience doing this? Oh, it's com- mm. coming up on 24 ish, something That's like that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I would years. definitely say someone with 24 years experience has a lot more experience than I do in, <laughs> in, in this game for sure. For sure. And when it comes to businesses, um, you know, coming to Franklin Professional Associates, is there stuff they should have ready before they approach you with a, with a role? Like, is there should they have a job description ready? What should they have kind of ready to bring to the table to hand to you to say, fill this role for us? Mm, yeah. You know, we really do meet employers where they're at. I, I've, I've sat down with um, founders as they're looking to hire their very first employee. They've never written a job description before. Um, <laughs> wow. you know, we're talking about their business plan, um, and their vision wow. and, and, you know, then helping them to build from there. Um, and it's so cool. We actually have a customer that I remember it was 22 years ago when the, the founder walked into my office and said, I, I just leased a building in Lemonster and I need some people. Oh and, gosh. and, um, and now, you know, we're working together. Um, and I, and I see, you know, they're, 400 or so employees. And it's so, it's so incredible. That's amazing. That is. Yeah. yeah. To watch a business grow and to, to see that from the beginning. And that's amazing to have that opportunity to help an employer like that. Yeah. But I mean, in a, in a perfect world, if I could have it my way, um, (laughs) (laughs) I love when there is a job description. Um, and, and of course, you know, we're, 
we, we'll counsel on that. Um, and we, I stress that job descriptions are not job postings. So if you're posting jobs, um, then we need to discuss the differences between the two. Is there a big difference um, between the two? There is, there is. So I liken it to a job posting is like an advertisement. Let's just use beer, for example. If you're advertising beer and why one would want to drink it and, and whatnot, um, you probably aren't going to put a poster up of the ingredients of that beer, <laughs> right? That's the description, mm-hmm. but that's not the experience. You want to sell the experience. So that's the key difference between a job description and a job posting. So well, in, that's, that's so interesting. I wouldn't have thought about that in, in those terms, but yeah, you want to make it sparkly and shiny and you want everybody to touch it and you want everybody to go in and, and want to see what it is. And then the yes. inside would be where your description is to, to hook them in. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's so, awesome. um, but we also build out what, what we do that goes much farther beyond the description, which is a great starting point, um, is we build out a candidate blueprint. Um, and that's something that we developed actually, it was during COVID when I didn't have a lot going on for a period, small period of time. Um, that I developed the ideal candidate blueprint process. And so we work with um, hiring managers, who, some, some of whom are very, very seasoned in HR, and you know they know how to recruit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had some really good feedback, and we've seen some really good results um, from, from, from some of our uh, placements in the last couple of years, um, where we really distill down beyond the description and the requirements, I'll say, or qualifications, and, and we get the, um, the recipe of the individual, you know, so what is it that allows someone or will cause someone to be successful in a position beyond those things that are listed? Hmm. And what we oftentimes find is that the qualifications that are listed don't end up making the cut on the list anyway. So we don't mean to turn it on its head, but it just that seems to be what happens. So especially where we've seen turnover in positions, I get very excited because I find that a lot of times the reason that there's been turnover is because you've been actually looking for the wrong, you've got the wrong recipe. And so if we can find that right recipe, that's when we can. And so for you with this blueprint now to be able to go to return clients and use it for you, it's got to be exciting to have this new method to bring to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some, um, you know, I, we're actually featuring one of the um, uh, placements that we made le- this past year. Um, it was so heartwarming to work with this client because they really em- embraced the blueprint process. And I think they ended up with like four iterations because they kept you know, like they like kept digging and digging. They're like, wait a minute, I think we need to switch this out. I think we're ranking this too high and this too low. And then, you know what? We actually don't even need that. So, uh, you know, my head was spinning and I was like, oh, guys, like, <laughs> are we going to be done? <laughs> um, but in the end, the it, it was a very, very tough role to fill. They'd filled it a few times in one year and it was like, we can't do this again. And to see that successful was so exciting. And to see, actually, the client brought some insights to me, so we improved our process as well. So, you know, the collaboration was just really awesome. And it's exciting when we have clients that are that invested and and not that just here, I'm going to hand it to you, you do it. And Mm -hmm. then if it doesn't go well, then it's your fault. You know, (laughs) you know, I I really, really appreciate those partnerships because that's really what it is. It's interesting because I think it's giving businesses the opportunity to really define what their roles are. It sounds like so Mm -hmm. we thought we needed this, but you know, we have like three other people picking up some of that already. 
And so what do we really want this role? Like, how do our roles be defined? And I think that over the course of the last four years almost, we've seen a big difference as to what is required and what do you need in the office mm-hmm. and what is what is a good job description for this or what is, you know, what do our titles need to be in our in our business? Mm-hmm. And seeing that kind of progression on the recruiter's side to say, we need to look broader. You know, this is obviously not working. Something's not working. You're hiring this position four times in one year. That's that's a problem that that I love the idea that you're taking such a deep dive and not saying, well, it's just not the right candidate. Because it yeah. wasn't. It had nothing to do with the candidate at all. It had yeah. to do with the way the company was utilizing that position. Yeah. And, you know, and I've been doing this long enough now and and been a part of um, these unfortunate circumstances uh, where, you know, you really develop a relationship with people when you're recruiting and, and helping them through life-changing decisions in mm-hmm. some cases, many cases. So I know, and, and any of us that have been in the work environment, I'm sure we've seen this before, where if it's not right, how deflating it can be and the effect that it can have on a person's self-worth to be in a, in a seat that is just not right and that's just worst case scenario. We don't want to see that. We don't want to be a part of that. So everything we can do to avoid that, um, we do. Well, yeah, you know, we keep working at it. I love that. I love that you're just that the the idea of how we're going about hiring is changing, mm-hmm. and and continually to evolve as well, and not just remaining stagnant. Yeah. So I just want to know, like, I understand that you know, there's lots of options for people when they're looking. Employers are looking online for folks. You know, LinkedIn. Now you can say, "I'm looking for work" or "I'm hiring for work" right on your picture, which I think is really interesting, and it's very it's it's a great way to self promote yourself. Where are employers and where are employees looking for each other? What are like the best tools? Because in my opinion right now, if I was looking for a new position, I'm not. If I was looking for, I would go to a recruiter. Mm-hmm. I would think that that is your best bet in terms of jobs. But where, you know, that doesn't seem like maybe it's for everybody and not every company, obviously, in business is going to use a recruiter. So where mm-hmm. are people going? Where should people be going to look for positions that are available? We still, you know, it really depends on the platform. Mm-hmm. Um, so we still see LinkedIn is obviously a big player, um, especially in the professional realm, um, although not all professional, uh, you know, segments. So um, we Indeed is also great, although not great for every segment. Right. So um, we, we see ZipRecruiter as being, um, you know, something that we've kept in the mix uh, for certain things. So it does, it does really depend a little bit on the type of um, the type of job category mm-hmm. uh, and level and things of that sort. Um, so, but I think primarily, I, I would say if, you know, to give you finally, maybe give you a short answer, LinkedIn and Indeed are probably the, the two big players right now. Yeah. Um, as far as, you know, a, a um, one-stop shop to be able mm-hmm. to, you know, post jobs and find candidates. And for listeners who are thinking about jumping into that job search, whether it's on the employer side or the employee side, and they want to talk to you more about the recruiting process, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you and how do they find you? Oh, sure. It's uh, franklinprofessionals.com. Thank you so much for coming in and talking with us today and giving us some really great advice about how a recruiter can help you with your new career or even if you want to start a new career. And also as one of the co-hosts of the Inside North Central Massachusetts podcast, thank you and Franklin Professional Associates for being our sponsor. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. And we'll be back with another brand new episode next week. You've been listening to Inside North Central Massachusetts. This podcast is produced by the North Central Massachusetts Chamber of Commerce. 
for more information on this episode, links to other episodes, or if you have any questions, please visit northcentralmass.com.